Hello, hello. Good morning, everybody. Good to see a few people there. Morning, Brendan, Pratesh, Nicole, Nevin. Good to see you, mate. Hardik, Abdul, Alison. Hey, there you go. Yeah, Sam's a funny guy. Alison. <laughs> hey, uh, if you haven't already, get on to Sam's podcast. It is, uh, it's great. It's uh, entertaining as well as educational. So uh, great to see Great to see you guys diving into that. Morning, Diane. Hey, good to see everyone here. Uh, I've had some, I've had some uh, technical difficulties the last few days up at my office. It's about uh, 50, 80 metres from the house, and uh, I think my uh, internet cable has, uh, uh, has died. Anyway, I'm on the Bluetooth or the hotspot today. So hopefully the quality's good and the uh, the speed internet speed's okay. So let me know if uh, if the quality's okay. You can hear me, see me well enough. Even my lights in here are all Wi-Fi internet connected, and uh, my Wi-Fi is not working either. But anyway, the show must go on, as they say in show business. Uh, good to see everyone. And if you're new, Jason Witten's my name. Give us a shout out in the chat every now and then. We have a few newbies drop by. We have a number of people join our mentoring and coaching program, which we've been doing for over 18 years now. Many thousands of people across Australia and New Zealand, just like you. Thanks, Di. Um, and uh, if you're new, let us know. Say hello. Let us know where you're dialing in from. Uh, we've been uh, helping property investors, like I said, for a while, and I've been investing in property over 22 years myself. Along the way, paid a bit of attention. Done some things right, done some things wrong, and uh, share that with you guys every day on a wealth coffee chat, which is uh, which is usually around about eight oh five each day. Try to get that going. But today, I thought we would talk about something uh, that uh, is is an interesting topic. Should I pay off my uh, investment debt? Now, um, uh, it is certainly a topic that's interesting when it comes to you know uh the types of debts we have and and let me know on the chat you guys know this there's there's two styles of debt there's two types of debt that we talk about uh often uh well we think we talk about often uh, an uneducated uh investor or uh regular regular citizen uh often does not know the difference between uh good debt or a uh, a rich debt, let's say. I think that's a thing. It's a, a debt that makes you wealthy, uh, and a debt that makes you poor. Rich debt, poor debt, um, like rich dad, poor dad. Uh, poor debt, poor debt. What is poor debt? Chuck it in the chat for me right now. While I just quickly see if I can get my little my little thing going here. So put it in the in the chat for me. What sort of poor debt is out there? Right, you got poor debt, which is. Right, you've got credit cards, you've got furniture loans, you've got, yep, that's right, die, uh, a car loan. Um, you know, debts that you spend your after-tax, after-tax money on, which gets you uh, access to buy something or own something, potentially, you don't, well, you don't really own it, uh, 
which is for consumption, which reduces in value often to zero. So an example is, easy example is you buy television on a credit card or on store purchase, $10,000 television, living the dream, you, you, you now got the massive tally in the room, that thing now is on credit, so not only is is it devaluing? It's actually costing you more than its actual value. Ten grand, and it's going to take you three years to pay off. It actually costs you fifteen thousand dollars. Three years later, it's worth nothing. Non-deductible debt, absolutely, Abdul. Now, David's chuck one in there as well. A home loan, yes. The home you live in, the debt is not deductible, and technically, I call that a bad debt. Now, those are the types of debts we pay off. First, as a priority, as quickly. Um, um, but if I had my iPad working today with for you, then we would. I'd do do a bit of a drawing. However, hey, good morning, Jeff. However, your home often, depending on your ability, with enough money, uh, enough resources, e.g., serviceability. Uh, paying off your home too aggressively can actually hold you back as well. I can make you poor as well. So I wanted to do a quick little calculation today. Um, I, I can, uh, I'm going to chuck a couple of our calculators up. Which one is this one? There we go. So if we look at a, a property investment, and I've just preloaded some numbers into my uh, calculator here. You guys have seen this calculator before. And if you haven't, uh, you get it when you, when you join um, our crew. Um, so, you know, if we had a property there and, you know, it's, um, we went and found ourselves a deal, a house, $600,000, bit of stamp duty, you know, some lenders, mortgage insurance, some other costs, whatever that might be. And, uh, you know, it rents for 600 a week. Fabulous. You know, we got an interest only loan. Um, and at this point, we're using, we use we're we're using a hundred percent debt, you know. Even if we said over here, you know, uh, from an equity point of view, we're putting in, you know, uh, sixty thousand um, dollars. It doesn't change the loan to value ratio over here, right? On one hundred and four percent. So when you guys know, you should anyway. When you buy a property, if you're using equity, technically you're a hundred and four percent leveraged on the property by the time you pay for stamp duty expenses and other things, right? Um, and so the the property's got a little bit of work to do. And often, depending on the interest rate and the rents, that property might struggle, struggle to cover itself, to cover itself, okay? So let's go over and have a look at the cash flow report. If you look at this line here, which is our um, pre-tax cash flow line. Hopefully, you can see it um, on the screen. Your pre-tax cash flow line, folks, that property is looking pretty good. Now, yesterday, I think it was yesterday or the day before, um, uh, we saw a little bit of talk about the lenders maybe uh, either penalising or making more expensive the interest rate for the um, uh, the investment property. So that might go up in the future, but at the moment, 
I've left it at 3.5% interest only. Now, interestingly enough, if you go ahead and make that P&I, principal and interest, on an investment property and we go back here, you can see very quickly, I don't know if you guys are looking right there, but that that now is $9,000 negative in cash flow. Not in wealth, folks, but in cash flow, okay, because you're now making a principal payment. Okay, now what is the problem with having a principal and interest payment on an investment property or debt reducing an investment property? Chuck that in the chat right now for me. What is the problem with that? Um, Because we just had a quick chat a moment ago about non-deductible debt. If you've got principal interest on an investment property and you've still got bad debt, non-deductible debt out there, Tell me what the problem is there. Tell me the, the challenge that um, uh, financially it doesn't make sense. Well, I have a little sip of my coffee. Sometimes ask a question that takes a lot to uh, type in either through the thumbs or whatever it might be. So I'm sure there'll be one or two answers come through. But now what we're doing is we're reducing a deductible debt. Yep, absolutely, Hardik. And the money, your cash flow to buy another one starts to get eroded, less savings, yep, yep, uh, unable to tax deduct the debt, you know, and it doesn't make any sense, team, all right? So I've had this before. When do you pay off your investment properties? Well, uh, mostly you don't uh, uh, ever pay off an investment property until you have eliminated, so listen up, until you have eliminated all of your other non-deductible debts, number one, and or, number two, acquired the amount of properties you want to acquire for your acquisition phase. So there's two things. So um, I was having a chat with uh, a gentleman yesterday. He's like, oh, I'd love to pay my home off in five years. And um, well, I said, well, with the resources you have, you can't pay your home. I'm off in five years and buy five investment properties, okay? You can't. That's unless you're going to get another $100,000, $200,000 worth of income. Um, you've got to choose one or the other. Now, uh, what we do often do in these circumstances is we get uh, either brainwashed or scared about, oh, you know, investment debt is risky. No, Owner-occupier debt is risky. Investment debt comes with its own income. It pays for itself. Uh, And if you're smart about how you do it, let's go back here. Let's put it back on interest only. And we're now making a profit uh, from a – we're now making a profit here, pre-tax cash flow, and then after-tax cash flow, $9,000 – Real cash, folks, back in your pocket. What do you do with that money? What do you do with that money? You put it against a non-deductible debt and or pile it up in your offset account in your own home, all right? So we, we it's not about never paying off the debt. It's when you pay the debt off. 
needs to be strategically thought through for you as the investor to make sure you don't cut your nose off to spite your face. I don't know where that saying come from. Anyone know where that saying come from? Anyway, so you want to build a property portfolio, but but in your mind you have this fear about your owner-occupier debt. Now, your owner-occupier debt is not going to make you wealthy and it's not going to create an income for you in the future, just so you know whether, whether you have paid it off or you haven't paid it off, okay? What will make an income for you in the future is your investment properties, okay? Now, one little tweak on this, if we wanted to do a calculation, let's go back to our calculator here and say, all right, we've used an equity deposit on this. So you can see the $60,000 here. Hopefully you can, you can see where I've highlighted $60,000 up the top here, right? This uh, this little section, okay. So let's go figure. Let's say, all right. Well, um, even using equity, and right now that property was with an interest-only loan, positive cash flow. Let's say, let's just say, we put in a sixty thousand dollar cash deposit, a cash deposit, okay. So let's go back. Actually, I just want to quickly show you this first, right? So remember, so remember the cash flow here, 2,796, right? 2,796 pre-tax cash flow. Now, let's go and put in $60,000 of cash because we think we want to pay, you know, the property off or put cash in or whatever it might be. Now, let's... Let's go and have a look at that, 4,896. So the return is about $2,000 extra on your cash flow for 60000 okay? So you go $2,000 divided by 60000 uh, equals 3% return, 3% extra on the cash in the, in the investment property. And for you and me, just so you know, that's not a great return for the cash, folks. That's not a great return for the cash. What could we do with that $60,000? And uh, Hardik and a few others said it already. You can use that $60,000 of cash to go get another property. And that property, uh, as a cumulative return, growth plus cash flow plus deductions will build up over time. So better use of your cash is not paying off deductible debt. No, we're not going to pay off our uh, investment debt in the first stage of our investing. Usually that's what's called the acquisition phase. If you're new here, we have a thing called acquisition, consolidation and lifestyle. We're talking about the acquisition phase um, as we go. Good morning, Tom. Good to see you, mate. Uh, Thanks for dropping by. So folks, when we look at this, we're like, okay, well, fantastic. What what happens to our property portfolio? Um, can we get the best of both worlds? And and the answer might be, yeah, maybe, maybe, okay? Because at some point in the future, your property might be um, uh, might be significant enough cash flow to pay itself off 
if you want that to happen. So pre-tax cash flow over here, if you look at the pre-tax cash flow line, this is saying, hey, maybe, maybe if this property um, if this property increases its rent over time, maybe that's beneficial too. And we've talked about this before, folks. What is the thing you live off in the future? You don't live off the capital growth. You live off the rental income in the future or you supplement your income, you, you know, at, at the end of the day, whatever version of the world you're doing. So think about that when we're going along. Maybe it's the first 10 years you leave it on interest only or sometimes you can get up to five and then you have to re- redo it. Once that happens, what happens if it kicks into gear? And Let's have a look at the value over here. Um, 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 when you look at the rental, that's $40,000 a year. The net in your pocket, uh, $10,000 cash pre-tax again. You could let it pay itself off from that point onwards. It could start to pay its own debts down or you could still, if you can, continue to leave it on interest only and accelerate your own cash flow, whatever it is. Anyway, hopefully that makes sense. I didn't have my technology to do some scribbles and some drawings either on my iPad or my whiteboard today. A little bit, feel a little bit hamstrung with with uh, the Wealth Coffee Chat, but hopefully that made sense uh, when it comes to today. Hardik said, Hardik's got a question here or a comment, still don't understand one thing, which is with low-income earners, how they uh, get five investment properties. Uh, well, Hardik, what happens over time, especially depending on the types of properties you purchase, those properties become um, uh, like an extra income on your servicing, right? Rental income, yeah. So um, depending on what you buy and where you buy and and um, uh, what you're trying to achieve, the idea is that every piece of investment that you buy adds some servicing value, adds some value, cash flow value, back to your calculation at the lenders, okay? That's how people can um, roll forward and purchase multiple properties. Now, Hardik, uh, we all know that uh, marketing and the media are pretty good at um, excluding some of the interesting facts about uh, things. So dive into the details of those things. You know, Hardik, it's pretty easy for someone to buy five investment properties if they're $200,000 a pop, okay? Um, so there you go, and um, yeah, if uh, if uh, if you're looking at so Hardik, it's not necessarily the number of properties per se. It can be okay five properties at five hundred grand, or you know two properties um, at a million, or whatever it might be when you're looking at your property portfolio. So keep that in mind um, as you go um, in, into that. So uh, Roz asked a question, um, a good one. If the properties are not paying themselves off, should you put more funds into those properties? It's a good question, Roz, uh, and it's an all depends. If you want to keep that property, it's a good piece of real estate and, and it's got 
a place in your portfolio, right? You know, it's 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 um it has some potential. It's got growth value. You might develop it in the future. It's in a great location. You know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If there's a bunch of positives for the real estate, then yes, I would I would structure that bit of real estate so it can be self um, self sustaining. Uh, but often, Roz, you think think about this. Uh, you might have a piece of real estate that that's not a, a long term winner. Um, and you know, if you haven't already, check in with your coach and analyze it, um, because you know, by the time you put maybe fifty grand, a hundred grand into, you know, let's let's call it a you know a an average C piece of real estate, you could have bitten the bullet turned that property over and bought a better quality property uh, and all up about, you know, the, the cash used, the cash used, you'd end up with a far superior property for the future. So uh, it's a good question, Roz. If you think it's got great potential and, it, you know, it's but it's just a low cash flow area, then, um, yeah, maybe it's a, it's a worthwhile uh, use of your cash. But if it doesn't have a good future, then I would say, all right, analyze that, Rosin, and uh, maybe think about upgrading that bit of real estate for your future. Um, yeah, Hardik, you know, I see a lot of those, you know, Bob and Mary have got eight properties and it's eight properties at 150 grand, you know, so, and there's nothing, I'm, I'm not chipping that. That's, a, that's an achievement in itself for sure. Uh, you just got to have a think about the value of the property. He's um, all up. Anyway, team, that's it. Wealth Coffee Chat done and dusted. Um, sweet, Roz. Good on you, mate. Uh, great to see all of you guys here. Thanks for dropping by on my uh, Wealth Coffee Chat this morning. Hopefully, hopefully um, we can get uh, hopefully we can get um, some stuff done to fix up my, um, yeah, my... <laughs> technology tomorrow all right gang you guys take care be good be awesome be well and join me tomorrow for another wealth coffee chat round about 805 adios bye-bye team